0: everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is episode 161. I'm Art Regner and as always the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall or yes even during a pandemic. What better way to end your hard day of work and dealing with everything we're dealing with now than sitting down and enjoying an ice cold frothy Labatt Blue. Remember though we ask that you please drink our premium beer responsibly. With that all said, let's uh, get right into uh, uh, episode 161 of the Red and White Authority. And uh, this is a little different for me. Uh, we have four guests on today. It is the Red Wing beat writers, Ansar Khan from M Live, Max Boltman from the uh, uh, Athletic, Teddy Coughlin or Ted Coughlin, I guess I should say. I'm getting I'm pretty excited about this. Ted Coughlin <laughs> for the Detroit News, and then Helena St. James from the Detroit Free Press, all good friends of mine. Uh, I enjoy all the work, enormous amounts of respect. And since the Red Wings now, we're doing this on March 5th, right around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Red Wings have the next four days off. They won't pick it back up until uh, uh, they host Tampa on March 9th. It's not officially the halfway point of the season for the Red Wings. They're at 26 games played. Uh after the Tampa series which concludes next Thursday on March 11th they'll be at the halfway point but I thought what the heck let's do this right now because these are very very busy people and I know you're all thinking shut up art let's hear from the people we want to hear about we hear from you all the freaking time so uh I want to begin uh this saying that uh, last year after 26 games which was November 24th 2019 The Red Wings' record was 7-16-3, and and they had 17 points. Last night, after they lost to Carolina, after 26 games, it's identical. They're 7-16-3 this year, 17 points. Uh, Let's begin with uh, Ansar. Let's begin with you. Uh, Even though they're pretty much the same record, I've been trying to convince people all season long that this Red Wing team is better. Uh, what is your assessment thus far?
1: Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, compared to last year, they're better. Uh, they're more competitive, uh, uh, you know, on a, on, on a more consistent basis. They still have, you know, the occasional, you know, bad game uh, or bad period uh, like they had uh, last Sunday in, in Chicago, and then again uh, the second period in Columbus uh, the other night. And, and you could say to some degree last night, uh, the third period, against Carolina but you know better just competing harder uh, better defensively uh, I when I looked it up a, a few days ago I think they were they'd improved by about a half a goal a game from from last year where they ended. Uh, that's probably not as good after the last couple of games but uh, still the biggest you know the biggest issue is they just can't score uh, and you know a lot of that is uh, obviously the, the power play. Uh, which really, I think the power play more than anything else. Even though they've scored in four straight games here, uh, that more than anything else is just I, I can't figure it out why they've been so consistently bad uh, over the last few years on the power play because they, they seem to they have enough ingredients. Uh, you know, the pieces are there to at least be. You know, certainly not the top of the league, but certainly a. a halfway decent, you know, middle-of-the-pack power play team or, or at least, you know, 20th or something. But they're like, you know, I, I think they're second from last now. But, you know, going through an 0-for-40 stretch uh, was just uh, amazing. And, uh, you know, so they, that's certainly, the, you know, the, the lack of scoring and the power play are, are what stands out uh, uh, the most to me through uh, almost the halfway point.
0: Uh, Helena, why don't you... Uh... Uh, take a stab at this next i mean same record as last year better club
2: well it's interesting you know i I would have said so until maybe uh the past week but i think uh last year at this point their goal differential was minus 38 uh and i'm looking at it now they're at minus 33 so not much better but i think you can kind of point to you know the i mean this the 7-2 loss in chicago there've been some lopsided ones and you know they had that um two-game stretch where they fooled all of us into thinking they might actually be scoring again when they hit five goals back-to-back a, a season high and then you know they aren't able to build on it now they've been without Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi and that certainly makes a difference but I just want to touch on, uh, on the power play and it's it's interesting to me because um, we complain about it but I'm looking Buffalo Sabres have a power play in the at 30 percent and they have the worst record in the league the fewest points so um, so maybe the power play is, isn't everything, but uh, I, I agree with with Ansar, and we've certainly all talked about it after entirely too many games. You know, with, with the talent they still have, why is their conversion rate, why has it been so atrocious uh, most of this season, most of last season? But on all in all, uh, though the record doesn't show it, um, I certainly don't think they're as awful to watch as they were last season. I think, you know, they're, they're competitive, they're in games much more. And it 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 is it is a step ahead, a step forward for
0: them. All right, Max, you're up next. I think I'm going by alphabetical order with first names, <laughs> so uh, go Fair ahead now. there, Max.
3: Yeah, no, I mean I, I do think that they're a better team than they were last year, but I think there there's a bit of a trade-off going on, and I think you know Ansar and Helena just nailed it. I mean they are a better team defensively. I I think it would be hard to argue that whether it's the actual defensemen they have or you know just the way that they're mostly. Uh, making it so much harder on teams to score on them. Now, there are those exceptions like that third period the other day, and, and even really the third period last night wasn't so hot. But but I think as much of a gain that you've seen them make in that side of the game, you've given it right back in the offensive end. I mean, coming into the season, I think all four of us, five of us, would have agreed. Um, one of the key questions was who's going to score if not Larkin, Mantha, and Bertuzzi, and, and, and certainly behind Larkin, Mantha, and Bertuzzi. Well, Larkin, Mantha, and Bertuzzi haven't really scored all that much this year either, and and Bertuzzi's been hurt, and he, you know, when when he's been healthy, he has scored, so maybe he gets a little bit of a pass here. But the problem this year isn't just secondary scoring; it's scoring period. I mean, Bobby Ryan, who wasn't even on this team last year, um, is their leading scorer right now, and so that you know that to me tells you that uh, um, as much as the, I think the defensive improvement is real. If you're giving it all back in the offensive end, you, you come out to a similar place, and I think that pretty much explains the. Um, the record being identical to what it was. A lot of that, you know, to, to what Ansar said, it does come back to the power play. And um, they, they've they've scored in a few straight games now, so maybe they're starting to figure some some of that out. Maybe it's just a little bit of, um, you know, everything you know averaging out to where it's supposed to be. But when I look at the top of the the roster and the guys who, who this team counts on to score, you know, that starts with Larkin and Mantha, and both of them are, are at or below a half point per game, which, you know, the Red Wings are going to need more than that
0: from those guys. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Okay, Ted, uh, your opening
4: statement, please. I was going to say, I don't know how much more I can add. Um, (laughs) They're pretty brutal. I mean, they're pretty bad. I mean, they got, what, the tied for the worst win percentage in the league. Uh, probably, Probably what they are, what we thought they would be. I mean, they probably weren't quite as bad or difficult to watch as they were last year. But they're pretty darn close to it. I mean, uh, a lot of the guys you I don't know, some of the guys you kinda of thought would take a step forward, have not this year. I don't know. I'm not as enthusiastic on the most part, I guess. I mean they're a little they're tougher to play against this season, but overall they are what they are. I mean, twenty seven you know, near the bottom of the league. Probably where they deserve to be.
0: Well, it, we, we look at it, and I'm going to open it up a little bit now, now that everybody's kind of basically gave, given maybe where an overview of what they think has transpired in the first 26 games. Uh, let's begin with a player that, uh, you know, that I have always affectionately called Big Tony or the BT Express, Anthony Mantha. I guess I was under the impression that he would, uh, uh, after signing the the big deal and, you know, his ship came in, whatever, whatever way you want to put it, uh, for the life of me, I can't figure out what's going on with Mantha. Uh, I I really can't, uh, Ted. Because you kind of got the short end of the stick on the opening statement. Yeah,
4: yeah. 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 Well,
0: maybe, but I'm going to tell you right now. If anybody has anything that they want to say or a question that they want to ask, just feel free. (laughs) Jump in. I don't think it'll be that confusing, (laughs) but uh, but go right ahead, Ted. What you know?
4: What's up with Mantha? Okay, loaded question right there, huh? Um, Yeah. I'm right with you. I can't explain it. I, I was telling everybody I thought after he got the contract, he'd feel more, more secure and more confident and out to prove himself even more. And boy, it's been anything but. I mean, he's been a brutal disappointment. Um, just hasn't gotten much. You don't notice him most nights. The lack of scoring has really hurt the team. I mean, they could really could use get, could use to get him going and he just has not. I can't explain it, or I mean it's a, he's been the, probably obviously the number one major disappointment. you kind of expect a lot more from him at this point,
0: yeah, certainly uh, uh you know it, what's odd about it is is that he still is tied with with Bobby Ryan for the for the goal lead at six, but uh you it know shows
4: you where they are then right, exactly.
0: You know, leading a, a bad team in goal scoring probably isn't a real feather in your cap unless you're among the league leaders. But uh, uh, Ansar, you've covered him for a long time, uh, Anthony Mantha. Uh, he's the first to admit that he's not bringing it every night. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what more the Red Wings can do to massage more production out of him.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting what you just said there. Uh, whenever we've talked to him in the past, like, like you said, he does admit it. He knows it. I mean, he's the first to admit that he's not playing well, and he still doesn't do anything about it, which is kind of strange, <laughs> because, you know, I mean, we've all, we've all dealt with players before who are who are in a slump, and it's like, what, what's, you know, it's like, what slump? What are you talking about? I'm, I'm doing fine, but he's not like that. He he he's he's very honest about his own performance, and he says he's 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 going to get better, and he's determined to 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 do better, but then he doesn't. Uh, you know. Uh, I think, uh, you know, you could almost you could live with, with the lack of production or, or just accept it a little bit more if, if you saw him hustling constantly uh, and, and more engaged uh, consistently on a nightly basis. Uh, you know, and I don't know, I'm just looking at the stats here, and I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but, you know, it's like four penalty minutes for a guy in 25 games for a guy with his size... Who's supposed to be, you know, you know, he's not. You don't expect him to run people through the boards every game or anything like that. But you know, maybe if you were a little bit more engaged, there'd be a few more penalty minutes. Just a, you know, just to, a a little bit more, you know, just hit somebody. You know, if you're losing by three goals late in the game or something like that. I mean, you don't. You certainly don't want him to fight because we've seen what what happens uh, <laughs> when that happens. Uh, but you know, just it'd be, you know, a little bit more. Uh, just a little bit more noticeable. Well, for the know, good for good things,
0: right? I, you know, I agree with you. You know, it's an interesting point that uh, Ansar brings up, Helena, because we all didn't want Anthony Mantha to fight, and I'm in this school where when you try to take away a part of a player's game that is an intense part of his game, where he likes to be engaged that way, sometimes they almost go the other way and are too passive. Now, maybe that's too simplistic on my part, but when you see Mantha. He just does not look like the, you know, for lack of a better term, I'm going to say it. He doesn't look like the BT Express because when he is moving his feet, when he's going, he should be one of the premier power forwards in this league.
2: Oh, when when he's when he's engaged, he's so fun to watch because, you know, he could just bulldoze right through anybody. I mean, he, he and that's why it, it's so noticeable when when you know you've watched half a game and realize, hey. I haven't even noticed he's playing because you know he he, you don't even he's not doing anything and i mean i think it's it's pretty damning he's a team worst minus 16 and i thought it was it was very very disappointing i think it was already back in january when we talked to him and you know and he admitted he at i think at that point he thought he had played one good game out of maybe the first six or seven and I asked him, you know, like, what is it that's not happening? He said, if I had the answer, I would carry it around with me all the time. And I'm think, sitting here looking at my screen, thinking, like, I'll know the answer, Anthony. It's, it comes down to whether or not you skate. I mean, that's that's been the answer since he came into the league. You know, like it's,
0: yeah.
2: you know, I, I just, I mean, does he need it tattooed on his, his glove or something, like a little little reminder around, his, you know, rubber band around his his finger or something, like remember remember to skate? I mean, it's just that's what makes all the difference, you know? And I, and I just think for him to have, I mean, I think he, if you extrapolate it out, he's what on pace for around 20 goals. If this were an 82 game season, I mean, that's, that's not nearly enough for a guy, you know, of his caliber of, of his talent. And uh, I'm sure it frustrates Steve Eisenman to sit and watch him, you know, and, and not get more out of him. And, you know, I mean, uh, Dylan Larkin's numbers, like, like Max said earlier, his numbers aren't great either, but I rarely fault Dylan Larkin's work ethic. You know, I think he, right. in fact, if anything, sometimes I think he tries to do too much, but you notice him every game. He's hustling every game. Mantha, you just, you know, you sometimes have to look at the score sheet to make sure he, he was in the game, and that's just that just shouldn't be the case with somebody who's that skilled, you know. He should be near the top of the league, not, you know, sitting in third place on his own team with a terrible plus-minus rating.
0: Right now, that's so true. You know, Max... uh, compared to the three of us, you're relatively, or the four of us, I guess I should say, including me in this, uh, you're relatively new to the beat, meaning that you're close, or you're part of the generation of this current Red Wings. What the heck is up with you young people? Why can't Mantha get it together, Max? You have to have all the answers.
3: Well, I am actually going to going to stick up for Mantha a little bit here. I mean, there, there's no doubt that it hasn't been good enough this year, and, and like Ansar said, he'd be the first one to tell you that. I, but I, with, it just doesn't strike me as an issue of, of him not caring about it, or not Wanting to do it, I mean, it. they I I can't give you the explanation for why it hasn't happened, and I think that's certainly kind of a, you know, a, a default is like, well, it, you know, just skate harder. I mean, it, it. He is a big, big guy, and I do think that uh, it, it is a little more taxing to to, he's never going to look like a Tyler Bertuzzi looks like with his jersey flapping in the wind and and certainly the counter to that is well we've seen him when he's really really on and I think back to that game against uh, Dallas in the home opener in 2019-20 and he was literally unstoppable I mean there was nothing anyone in that building could have done that night to stop him from getting a hat trick no doubt and, uh, and and I think it is easy to look at that and say, do that every night, and you're going to be Eric Lindros or whatever, right? Um, I, I don't think it is that simple, personally. I mean, I, when I look at it, my number one thing about Anthony Manta's game this year is he's not shooting nearly enough. And, and I think you, you look at uh, someone like Larkin, well, you look at his uh, his goals and you look at his shooting percentage, and you say, okay, you know what? He's well below what he usually shoots. Um, when he shoots the puck some goals are probably going to start coming his way and and frankly you kind of saw that in action with uh, the Sam Gagne hat trick the other night who Sam Gagne was was very snake bit and all of a sudden a few shots two of them that weren't even really shots on goal go in the back of the net with Larkin I think you could see that with Manta that's not the case with Manta he's shooting a little below his career average but really he needs to put more pucks on net and he needs to defer less and I, I do think uh the game last night against Carolina was a good step in that direction. He did get six shots on goal. One of them was a breakaway. Um, I, I think there's no question. Helena's exactly right that the key for him with everything is moving his feet. There is zero doubt about it. Um, but I, I just think it's it's less of an indictment of him as a um, as a competitor. And, and, and you know, I, I think he needs to shoot the puck more, and that would make the goals look better. But I, I think ultimately if you look at it, you're probably not going to find that many guys that size that, that can look – um, like they're really going all out every single night. I I just think it it can he's he's really big. He, he's, it's it's harder to move those limbs and and when he's not moving them, it it's really easy to notice. And that's you know something I think we've heard Jeff Blash will say, and I I believe that. But there's no doubt he needs to be better. There's no doubt he needs to go harder. And there have been plenty of nights where he's been invisible. I'm not trying to uh, you know paper over that in any way. But but I think I've got a little more patience maybe for um, for the struggles. It sounds like.
0: Well, you know it's interesting because Mantha, whom I have a really I consider to have a really good relationship with, um, has told me on several occasions uh, that he if he his goal every game is to get five shots on net minimum. If he gets five shots on net, he truly believes that he's going to get two or three really good scoring chances and has a pretty good percentage of getting a goal. The thing I don't understand about Anthony Mantha, and this is something that, you know, I I know that he has been seeing a sports psychologist since his days in Grand Rapids, and he continues to see him, so he's a little bit of a complex individual, so Ansar, let me throw this your way. Could it just be that he ends up thinking too much out there and not just playing by instinct, if that makes sense? Uh,
1: Yeah, I guess it's possible, Um, but, you know, uh, like Max mentioned, uh, that game, that home opener uh, last year against Dallas, where, I mean, he just looked like a superstar. It's like, uh, you know, and obviously you're not going to play that way every night, but, you know, it's there. And uh, and I think that you know that's what certainly what frustrates a lot of people. Wings fans they see him play that way and they think, okay, why can't he play at least a fraction of that you know that way on a consistent basis? And uh, you know uh, that's uh, and that's uh, you know what uh, what frustrates a lot of people when they see the potential there for what he can be. And uh, he's not anywhere close to that right now.
0: Well, you know, I, I agree. You know, I, I mean, we could do the whole podcast really on the trials and tribulations of Anthony Mantha. If anybody else has anything they want to send, because I, I want to kind of move it along. There's a couple of other players I want, I want to talk about. But uh, uh, I, I mean,
4: I got one. Our, our, yeah. Go ahead. In all these years, in all these years, I've been able, I've been able to figure out the Tony part. I, for the life of me, I can't understand the BT Express. What's that? I can't I well, understand. I, I well, I will tell you, when he scores a goal, Anthony
0: Mantha, I know he's holding a stick in one hand, but he kind of flexes his arms, you know, at his side and goes, woo! He always does that. To me, I, I guess what, you know, and, you know, everybody here knows, you know, obviously is aware of the Big Ten. It reminds <laughs> me of the, the big Purdue Boilermaker engine, you know? like the express, you know, <laughs> and I, and that's why we did it. As a matter of fact, the, the, the art department, uh, had put up a, you know, we, we're trying to, you know, I it put up a thing where it is the front of the Purdue or of a steam engine locomotive, uh, locomotive, uh, a uh, steam engine. And on the front of it is his, is him going, woo, you know, uh, as a joke, although, He lets me get away with that stuff, you know, because I very rarely call him Anthony. I'm always calling him BT or The Express or Big Tony and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he's a wonderful person, as they all are. I just, for the life of me, I can't figure it out. One thing, too, that I find kind of difficult to, to figure out, not that I didn't think he was a great player, and, you know, shame on me on this one. I cannot believe the impact that Tyler Bertuzzi has on this team. Nine games played, seven points, including five goals, three power play goals, four points on the power play. He's an even player. I knew that Tyler was a bit of a catalyst player, but it really has seemed to affect not only the 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 play of the entire team with him being out of the lineup, and, and hopefully he's back soon, but the thing that I can't really believe more than anything is – how much is I think it's affected Dylan Larkin's game, and uh, you know, let's uh, uh, Helena. Why don't you start us off on this one?
2: Dylan Larkin and, and also the power play. I mean, until right. they they converted there four games ago. Now he was the last guy he scored, and I think it was January twenty eighth. Right. Um, you know, they were getting. He he was apparently, you know, the the end all, the sum of of when they would be successful on the power play. So. Yeah, I I think it's, it's, I agree with you, it's a little surprising uh, that that Dylan's production has dropped off again. I I think at times he's trying to do too much. I I think, you know, he he, he is named captain before the season began, and you you know how much that means to him, and I I think, you know, maybe it becomes a little bit more personal that the team is struggling so much again, and, you know, I I don't think we've even uh, touched on this yet, but you know, they lost five guys to COVID right week right. into the season. I mean, you know, and then I was a little surprised. I hadn't seen that before. Um, you know, I think most of them got in one, one practice or one morning skate and they were back in the lineup. And if I understand things correctly, they they had to be shut down. They couldn't exert themselves for maybe a, a week or so uh, during that, that shutdown. So I think that certainly has affected how they've they've played this season too. But then, you know, to their bad luck, I mean – and I don't know that anybody expected Tyler to be out for an entire month and um, in, in still, still out, um, uh, you know, we'll see this weekend whether he's able to join practices, but, but absolutely, you know, I, I don't think that anybody expected that he would be missed so much, but, you know, he's such a rambunctious player. There's a, there's a good, uh, good word for him, right? Rambunctious player just has so much grit, um, you know, that I, that, nobody else really brings that. I don't think they lack for net front guys on the power play, but maybe just there isn't anybody else who quite has his neck for, for just being around there and, you know, and, and making sure the puck hits him on the way into the net.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, Max, he's known as a, uh, as a playoff performer. I know with your beloved Grand Rapids Griffins, uh, <laughs> you know, he was, uh, he was MVP of the uh, Calder cup playoffs. I mean, he, he definitely, um, when the stage is at its biggest or when something needs to be done, Tyler Bertuzzi seems to be the Red Wing that gets it done.
3: Yeah, I, I think there's something to that. And I, I certainly agree wholeheartedly with Helena that, that, you know, their power play for all the ways we can dissect what's been wrong with it. Uh, I think a whole lot of it starts with not having number 59 out there in in the slot and around the net because so many times that's where the goals are coming from. And, and he's a guy who just consistently finds a way to get his get his stick on the puck, uh, no matter where where the rebound's going, whatever it, whatever it's gonna take, he finds a way to you know even if it's not a pretty shot, uh, whether it's a redirect or whether it's just getting something moving toward the net, he seems to be the guy on their team who has the best knack for it, um, and and I think that's hurt the power play tremendously. So uh, does it solve all their problems when he comes back? Not remotely. I mean, it, you know, him coming back, I don't think immediately gets Larkin and Mantha going necessarily. I don't think it immediately makes the power play even league average. You know, I think this is a mediocre to to very bad power play even when everybody is in the lineup. But uh, you know, I, they're missing him. There's no doubt. I mean, he. You know, he. What do you have? Seven points in, in nine games before he went out. Right. Nobody's even yep. close to
0: that rate right now for them. So. No, he, four four on the power play, including three power play goals. There you go. It's, it's, I mean, that's amazing.
2: That, it's he's been out for more than a month, and he's still second on the team in goals. That's,
0: that's crazy. What a stat. <laughs> Yeah, that that, that is that it's a little uh, it's a little disturbing. Um, uh, I, you know, I I you know I, I did want to get into COVID and and let's get that right away because this is a thing I didn't understand and I think I told each and every one of you when they hit five I thought that they were going to be shut down but they didn't get any more positive tests it kind of leveled off at five so the Red Wings decided to continue playing through the NHL and their own medical staff and use the taxi squad for the purpose that it was intended for, bringing guys up and young prospects and seeing what they're doing. My point being is, is when they did that, they were zero, six, and two. Um, It really did have a profound effect on it. I know when Steve addressed the economic club of Detroit, I I think he kind of at least intimated that perhaps that was uh, uh, – uh maybe not the thing we should have done but uh but 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 Ansar, when you really do look at this uh with uh uh, you know covid really has had an impact on this red wing season especially the timing right at the beginning of the season for a team that had a lot of new faces and had not played in almost a year
1: yeah yeah for sure uh you know uh what uh, was it five regulars, uh, five lineup yes. regulars yeah. uh, right. that missed uh, you know, a significant amount of time. And not only that, uh, the other factor there uh, that, that was mentioned here is they weren't, they weren't able to practice. They weren't really able to do anything uh, right. during that time, and then they have one, you know uh, one kind of skate or uh, something and it is get thrown back in there, and you can't, you obviously you can't expect them. To, to pick up where they, you know, where they left off. It's gonna take some time to, to really, uh, to get back into it after you've missed all that much time. Plus, you know, a few of them had, you know, some pretty severe symptoms too that they were dealing with and, and recovering from. So it's really even more than that eight game stretch or whatever, it, it really, I'm sure, affected them for several games after that, a lot of them. So yeah, for sure that, uh, that uh, plays a huge part uh, in, in their record right now.
0: Uh, you know, uh, one of my all-time favorite books uh, is Candide uh, by Voltaire, and or, or optimism. And I try to be very optimistic. And you know, and I know I'm jumping around a little bit here, but based on what, how long Tyler Bertuzzi has missed time, I could think if you're a Red Wing fans, maybe realistically, maybe you could set his return for hopefully the 23rd when they begin that uh, uh, that two-game road trip to Nashville. Uh, I don't know if uh, if he's going to be available in this next six-game homestand, which is Tampa, Carolina, and Dallas, which are three very very good teams. But uh, but but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Ted, when you look at uh, everything, and I, I I wanted I know we've talked a little bit about Tyler, but I want to jump around. Um, Dylan Larkin, captain. Helena's mentioned it. We you know we have mentioned COVID. If anybody wants to add anything when I go to them or when you start talking about something we previously previously talked about, please do. I mean, you know, this is not, I, I am not the King Arthur here and just, can I, you know, can what I I, have
2: one thing about the COVID sh- thing. Sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Five five regulars. And I remember Max and I talked about this after that Sunday uh, so-called whatever, not even an exhibition game, but that last uh, scrimmage. And we were talking about how it looks like they found a second line, right? With, with Fabry right. and Sadina and, and Ryan. And, within and, and remember Fabry was done didn't play after after the first two games, right? He was out as of that Monday. Yes. So that, that, that two that second line lasted two games, you know? And now between injuries and whatnot, I don't think we've seen it again. I mean that's you know
3: it was also no. their whole second power play almost. It was right, it was right, Zadina, with Gagne, Fabry, yep. Gagne and Merrill. That's four fifths yep. of the second power play. Yeah,
2: know. it it wasn't like they lost uh you know Veterans who have since been waived, let's put it that way. <laughs> so,
4: <laughs> well, yeah, guys, we got to see Taro Herozi, though. I mean, you got Taro Rosie back up here for
3: a few years. Ted, you're 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 asking for a, a certain segment of Twitter to come after you, coming after Ted. Uh, I
0: I I don't know. I I I think Ted's just the opposite of uh, of Candide here.
4: Uh, uh, all right, uh, what but what's Tim- the name of that book art? I mean, I can't believe that reference Altair. that okay. reference was made into this thing. Candide. Too. I mean- Candide. Candide is what
0: that book is definitely well worth reading. It is a classic and when did he write it what was it Helena you probably what was it like 1700 and something I think it came out I mean it's it's definitely and it holds up really well considering it's I don't know like hundreds of years old but Ted let's get back uh you know you're a Michigan native much like myself like most of us here uh grew up in the state Dylan Larkin captain of the Red Wings uh obviously we talked about him missing bertuzzi. Uh I think Dylan's basic problem is is that he, much like Chris Draper, he runs at a hundred miles an hour. He's always he idles hot. I think he has to, and it's very difficult to tell a twenty four year old this, to kind of maybe calm it down,
4: much easier said than done. Yeah, I think that at the start of the season, especially those first few games, I think you tried to play up to being the captain of the Red Wings too. I think that C kind of weighed heavy on him. I wasn't. I don't think he was the same Dylan Larkin there the first week or so. Uh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's it's been. A, he's been a mild dis, I said mild disappointment. I mean, sure, you want a little bit more production out of him. I still think he's the perfect captain, perfect leader for this team. Though I mean, obviously these guys follow him religiously I mean he's got he's got the locker room behind him but uh yeah I mean kind of, he's another one of those guys that kind of think I have to say I mean kind of expected a little bit more up from him to, at this point but like you said I mean he does go he, he never ever slacks on the ice I mean you don't have to worry about him not moving his feet on the ice you know answer we've talked a
0: lot about uh uh, about Larkin, and we all were speculating that that he would be captain. Uh, I, I am kind of curious, uh, just from, from from this aspect. Uh, you know, Dylan uh, leads all forwards in ice time. I think he might even be second on the team. I have to double-check that. I know Hironic leads everybody, but, you know, your assessment of Larkin and how you think he's handled the captaincy thus far. Uh, yeah,
1: you know, I, you know, he's kind of uh he's kind of been the de facto captain uh for uh, before this uh uh for a year it seems like uh and and now you know he was just made official by having the c n on the jersey uh he's uh i, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, i know, and i wonder too, Being a a young captain on a on a really bad team, how much that just wears on you, Uh, you know. uh, Like I think we we mentioned before when we talked to Steve, uh, you know, you know one of the things that he that he likes uh, that he likes about Dylan like from last year is that you know he's always front and center after almost every game, uh, you know, explaining you know how, how difficult it is getting the same basically the same questions game after game about why, you know, why this, this isn't working or that's not working and how he handled it well. And now it's pretty much the same thing all over again. And, and I just wonder how much that, that weighs on, on a young guy to, to, to have to be the, uh, you know, the spokesperson for, for a team that just doesn't have a lot of answers.
0: Yeah, well, I can remember Luke Lindenning, too, last year saying, you know, guys, I wish I had an answer for you. You know, I keep yeah. saying the same thing over and over. Heard that
4: I, one a lot, <laughs> right? Right. That, that,
0: that you know yeah. that that is really really uh, 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 difficult. Uh, you know, kind of moving on now, and I, you know, I, and I know there's so many follow-up questions to virtually everything well, we've our, talked our, about. let me ask you: yep.
2: Do you do you think they go in the back and and say how many times are they going to ask us the same question? Well, <laughs> they are talking back. Oh, she always asks about it. how many times are they going to ask about this?
0: <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I guarantee you. I mean, because we were talking among ourselves and we don't even see each other that much anymore uh, simply because of the uh, uh, of the parameters that we have to work under. But I'm sure they're asking, please don't ask about the power play. <laughs> but but when you're zero for 40, what are you going right. to do? Yeah. I mean, it is the story, unfortunately. I mean, that was just, you know, I mean, that was a national story. I would look on Twitter and people are saying, you know, hey, the Red Wings... You know, if they get you know, if they go 0 for 54 or whatever, that's a new NHL record. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know. But um, one, I think, bright spot has been, and even though he was on the COVID list, uh, has been Philip Zadina. 19 games played. He got a couple of goals uh, against Carolina on the March 4th game, which the Red Wings lost 5 to 2. Um, you know, he has five po- uh, He has eight points total. He's a plus one player. Um, he seems to finally be at a comfort level of that he belongs and that he can play in the NHL. Max, why don't you start us off on Zadina?
3: Yeah, I mean I I think even until that game against Carolina the other night, you were starting to wonder like is he is he is he, you know, losing a little bit of confidence because these pucks aren't going in for him and and I thought he started the season before going on the COVID list really well and and all we heard and and certainly saw throughout training camp was a player who was much improved and puck hunting and and getting those pucks back to ultimately help create a little bit of offense rather than needing to be, um, you know, set up for for a shot. Everybody knows he's got a really nice shot, and but but I think what Jeff Blashill has talked about uh, throughout the early part of the season is he thinks you know that he's he's had a complete game, and I just think I, I certainly from my perspective I think I'm seeing more of the complete game than I would have in past years. Um, and, and so I think, uh, you know, going into that Carolina game though, I, you know, I was thinking like, man, this offense really just isn't coming as quickly as certainly, I, th- I guess I thought it might've on draft night. Um, now that was really kind of when I started on the beat. So I might've just had a, a, not a very good idea for how hard it is to become a, an impactful NHL forward, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, think he's been good and, and I think he was great against Carolina. I thought that was his best game of the season to me, almost even if the goals hadn't gone in the net, like if he hits the post on both of those, you know, he, he was dangerous all night, but you know, I, I just think it, it's, it's going to continue to be a process for him and he's going to need to be that player who can force the turnover as well as score the goal. I don't think it can be one or the other, you know, it's, it's going to have to be, um, you know, he, and, he, and he can make plays. He's a good passer. He really is. He's a smart player. I think they like his defensive responsibility, and so those are all things that are going to help him. The more that he goes in his career, and that you know maybe he can weather some some streaks if the puck doesn't go in, that's just going to continue to be important for him. So uh, we'll see how it goes. I, th- I think he's been good, um, and I think he was he was great against Carolina.
0: Yeah, I, I think when I look at him, and I'm just going to keep this open, and whomever wants to to respond to it, uh, is is that. I I think he's starting. He's stronger. You can tell that he's worked on his body. You can tell that he's the coach's son. He has really good instincts, but he seems to be more difficult getting off the puck, and he seems to be winning more puck bo- uh, battles this year than than I can remember. And granted, it was a very limited sample size the last couple of years. anybody want to take a stab at it?
2: No, I I, I would agree with that, and I think you know that that's something you saw when he came back from from the Czech Republic that was so noticeable. In, in training camp and granted scrimmages that was just against his own teammates. But I just don't think we had really seen that dimension of his game before where you saw him not just wait for somebody else to get the puck on his stick, but to go and get it himself. And I, I really liked what he said last night when he was asked about, um, you know, he had he had six shots on net. And was he just feeling it? And he's like, it, w- it was a combination of feeling it and, and just feeling like he, he could see how he could get the shot on net. And that that's something he needs to do more often. So, um, I I would expect him to have a, a, a pretty good second half uh, to to see the points coming uh, in more in uh, and, and much more regularly.
0: I think he's going to shoot a lot more. I,
4: I, I really Somebody do. I reminded me. Go ahead Somebody there, Ted. Reminded me on social. I I, I forgot they passed up Quinn Hughes. To... To get Philip Zadina, you know? Yes, I sure totally did.
1: You for,
3: you had forgotten that? How did How anyone you let forget you forget that, that Ted? <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, well, Quinn Hughes went seventh like, to wow, Vancouver.
2: Wow, they, passed up, they
4: passed up Quinn Hughes to get this guy. So, wow, so
2: yeah. f- let's face it, Quinn Hughes wouldn't have been around at sixth if we redo the 2018 draft.
1: Correct. Yeah, you know, the been thing been. is, too, they, yeah, they yeah. I don't, I don't. If they wouldn't have taken Zedina, I think they might have taken that defenseman that yeah, went to Edmonton. Uh, Bouchard. Bouchard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep, they, sure, yeah. uh, yeah, they would
0: have. Right, yeah. Evan Bouchard was the guy that, you know... Yeah. I think Evan Bouchard going in, hearing the scuttlebutt into that draft, I think the Red Wings thought that they were going to get Evan Bouchard, and what they liked about him was that he could quarterback a power play, and he had an absolute bomb from the point. And, you know, and yeah, he, he has... A, he's
2: a big guy who shoots right.
0: Yeah. yeah. R- right, but he did not... You know, but Zadina dropped to them, and you know, and and it's maybe taken a little bit longer. You know, I I like his brashness in a way, and he backs it up. I can remember the Canadian press was all over him with oh, yeah. you know, and he, and he did not back down. You know, he right. said it, and maybe it wasn't happening for him, but you know, someday, you know, he still believes. I mean, I I I like Philip Zadina. You know, I'm I'm gonna uh, because we're we're running out of time and so many topics hey, to go. Me, can I just throw this out? Yeah.
4: Somebody. Somebody emailed me the other day and this was kind of somewhat interesting. Would you trade Philip Sedina for one of those Colorado young defensemen like the kid, the kid with the two first names, Bowen Byram or Byron Boehm? would always get mixed up. Well, they would had Sedina for him. Didn't they have a chance to take him
0: last year in the draft, and they didn't? And man no. passed up on him. Too. No, I they
3: didn't. Know. No, but no. Byron went uh, four to Colorado. That was the year that Detroit took Cider at six.
0: Oh, okay, okay. You know what? I'm going to tell you. I'd rather have Mo. You know, I mean, it's great. You know, uh, no, know
4: Zadina for my Zadina for Byron. kind of like that Drew in for Sur- chef trade. Uh, you know, I,
0: you know, I, I, I think, I think when they saw Zadina, and granted, we're talking about a different regime at that point. Tyler Wright was in charge of uh, scouting and was still Kenny Holland. Uh, uh, I I would think that, and I I think that whomever's dog that is is going to agree with me. (laughs) I I think that they actually thought that they need goal scoring. You know, that they, you know, offensively, they, you know, everything is a struggle, and it's still a struggle. He was a pure goal scorer. You know, he tore up the Quebec League, which I know is a run-and-gun league, but still... I think at that point, they really thought that if we can get a guy who was was projected to go third, no, 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 I have only cats. it uh, and, and, and trust me they're doing what cats mostly do all the time sleep that's
3: yeah. me some some other dog in the neighborhood had the audacity to get oh, a walk oh. so now she's going Max, crazy i
0: know
4: I know how that is oh my
0: gosh but anyway my point being is is I think at that point he was projected to go third zadina overall uh and he dropped to six i think it's easy now to look at it and say that what they should have done. But I think at that point, it actually made sense where they thought their offense was, which is no offense, to take Zadina. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully he can blossom into a 30 goal score. You know, as, as I said, I'm being Candide here. I'm being very optimistic. <laughs> so, you're, you're, like, being,
2: you're being Pangloss, the eternal.
0: Optimist, oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I <laughs> so so Let's, think let important let things, let, let's face it. Go. Um, go ahead.
2: The, the wings The wings, they just. At least then get Luke Hughes, get one
3: of the Hughes brothers. Yeah, I went and watched mm-hmm. Luke a couple a uh, couple weeks ago up at the NCDP. He skates just like his brothers.
0: Well, yeah, yes, and he's thanks bigger. Thanks the mom. Right. Yeah. Right. He's he he's what is like six two, six three. Uh, slated to be a Michigan Wolverine. I'll tell you, I looked at the uh, projections for the NHL draft. I can't believe how many Michigan players are in the. Uh, if you count Quinn Hughes. I mean, absolutely. They, I
2: count got, Quinn Hughes as just like I count Serena Williams as Michigan's own.
0: Well, so do I. She Michael should be Fels. in the Michigan sports sports. She, yep. Actually, Serena was at least born in Saginaw. She should definitely be in the Michigan yep. Sports Hall of Fame. I mean, I'm I, I'm covering uh, um, uh, the younger Hughes, who's going <laughs> going to Michigan this year, who's eligible for the draft. With that said. And, and I'm going to ask you about the draft and stuff like this because uh, we might let, uh, run a little bit longer than originally promised.
4: There are no, on Philip Zena for Bo Byram, right? I mean, I guess no, right? Yeah, you, you know, said? I mean, yes or no? Yeah, yeah, you know what?
0: No, you know, <laughs> because now I, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Cider, I'm looking at Tamisto, okay. I'm looking at Albert Johansson, okay, I'm looking okay. at the Wallander. You know, I, I don't think nothing against Byron Bowman or Bo, Bo, you know Bo and Byron whatever I'm I always messed up his name I, re, I never could figure that I out always I always messed up his name out. and I apologize to him you know then you know if we ever get into the room again I'm sure he'll give me a stick in the face or something but uh, but, but but with that said I, I I think and Max you had a good article in the Athletic I think defensively the the, the wings have, have a pretty good core but with that said and we'll get to that quickly Steve made several additions. Nemetsikov, Grice, Stahl, Ryan, Stetcher, Merrill, uh, Christian uh, 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 Juice, uh, and uh, Matthias Brome. Uh, Even though Brome has not pretty much scored like um, most of the team, I think that every one of these additions, and I know Grice's record is absolutely... You know, not good. One, eleven, and three with the three point three seven goals against and an eight eighty five save percentage. Yet, I, you know, and I'm not sucking up to Steve here, but I, I actually think that every one of these additions has been good. They have made an impact for the good on this team. Ansar, why don't you uh, uh, start there?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, uh, particularly the the, the defense. Uh, you know, uh, I think it's much improved over last year. Uh, you know really uh revamping a, a good chunk of it uh, you know uh, adding uh, Stetcher and 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 Merrill and uh, and Stahl, uh you know uh, uh yeah I, I I would agree I mean I, I think uh those three and certainly Bobby Ryan has had a uh, a really good impact uh you know uh, on the ice uh, I mean is there a, He's a leading scorer for this yeah. team, even though he went, I don't know, what was it, 14 games or something without a goal or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, also importantly, uh, you know, a, a leader off the ice. You can see the influence he has uh, uh, in really uh, uh, in, in supporting uh, the young players and, and this team and, and just his, his, his attitude of, of wanting to be here and uh, you know talking about yeah uh, you know if I'm, I'm traded at the deadline I would consider uh coming back uh, as a free agent next year uh i mean you know i don't think a lot of a lot of players would say that uh considering where this uh, where, where this team is at right now in this in this rebuild stage uh grice uh yeah I, I think uh you know you can say yeah you know he's been hung out to dry a few times uh playing in front of a uh, early, uh, when Bernier was injured, uh, you know, Grice had to uh, basically play every game uh, while they were missing all those regulars with COVID. But still, uh, he's got to pick it up. I mean, those numbers aren't good. And uh, ever since the team has been regain most of its health, although, you know, missing Bertuzzi and, and, and for the last few games Larkin. Grice hasn't been good, and uh, he's one guy, uh, along with Mantha, obviously, that needs to uh, pick up his game here the second half. I,
0: I you know, I, I actually, I, I do uh, agree with you on that. I, when, when, when I look at, uh, uh, I, you know, I like Nemetsikov, and I always wondered, I always thought that his offensive numbers should be better than they were and I know Steve drafted him and then Steve obviously signed him to a uh, when he was with Tampa and then he signed him to a deal here in Detroit and he's been traded a lot but I think he's been traded a lot and played with a lot of teams and I think I finally figured out why his offensive numbers are down is because He plays all three forward positions. He's really versatile where he can go on the fourth line or he could go on the first line. And I think in a way that's affected his offensive game, but in some odd sense has made him valuable. Or am I just like drinking my own Kool-Aid here? uh, Ted, why
4: don't you you go? He's a good player. I've always kind of liked him, and he's showed that versatility this year. I think he's a solid addition, but... I just, I, the only thing I want to say at the start of the season, I thought Thomas Grice was going to be the best free agent addition that Steve had, so I'm 0-for-1 there, and I also had Chicago finishing last in this division, so it's a very solid 0-for-2 over there then, I guess.
3: I was but right there with you on that Chicago I know, one, Bats. I, I you whiffed and I big time. Did
4: not, we, did not, we were not on that Blackhawks train, it's too bad we didn't do our fan duel bets there, we could be a little bit richer about at the end of the season maybe. Well, you know, bringing up
0: the Blackhawks, um, <laughs> you know, if you look at it, they have a rookie in net who's played very, very well, is, is considered to be a, a, a candidate for Rookie of the Year. Uh, they have three first-year defensemen. Granted, they're a little bit older uh, that are regulars on their blue line, and they have a couple of forwards who are among the rookie scoring leaders as far as goals and points. Now, Now I'm going to transition again because there's a lot of ground I want to cover here. I mean, if, you know, that would essentially be Michael Rasmussen, Evgeny Shvetchnikov, maybe Giovanni uh, pinning in uh, Dennis Chalowski. Maybe you bring Mo over or somebody like that. Um, I mean, because it's been the infuse, and they have Patrick Kane, who's a superstar, by the way, and Alex DeBridge. He helps a little bit. Right, yeah. You know, he makes it easier because they do have consistent scoring. But I guess my, my, my question is, is that. The Red Wings have, because of COVID uh, and just you know the way they they have massaged this uh, this uh, um, this taxi squad, we have seen some of these young players, uh, but I, I, I'm kind of uh, uh, curious, Helena, I'll, I'll I'll start with you. I mean, you know, does Rass look like he's event- he's here to stay eventually? The Svechnikov, you think he's going to get a fair chance now? He has. Uh, Uh, Four points in four games. Uh, Giovanni Smith, Dennis Chalowski until very recently is putting up a bunch of numbers for Grand Rapids right now. Where do you see, not the guys that are so much prospects that they've drafted recently, but some of the guys that have been around for a while?
2: No, I mean, absolutely. You know, I I think we talked about, you know, Quinn Hughes or Phillips Sedina earlier. I mean, can you imagine if they have Brock Besser instead of... um, Yevgeny Sveshnikov in that lineup, We're all, we all look like geniuses drafting in hindsight, <laughs> right. uh, you know, but I, I mean, I think Rasmussen does have a, a fit on the team, probably though, as a third or fourth, probably third-line guy, though not maybe, you know, maybe, you know, not quite what you'd expect from a guy who was a, a top-ten top ten pick. Uh, Chlowski, to me, there's no doubt in my mind, he's a caliber skater, but you know, the, the issue there with him, will, will he show the assertiveness, as they call it, that, that they need to see from him? You know, will, will he be good enough in his own zone? And there's another guy, you know, when you talk to him, it's just like, you know, sometimes you're just like, okay, is, is there more fire in, in there somewhere? Um, you know, but but those are all guys, uh, I mean, between Chulowski and Chulowski and Rasmussen that were expected to be significant parts of the rebuild. I don't know that I don't think any of them really moved the needle on it. I think, you know, the hope is that that they eventually, and, and maybe with Cholowski especially, you know, they may have brought him too soon. Maybe he wasn't ready. Remember, I've lost all concept of time during the pandemic. But he started this in Detroit, not even last season, but the previous season, and then ended up in Grand Rapids. I just don't think he has. He's shown that he can sustain the level of play he needs. Um, you know, you know, but but Rasmussen. I think Rasmussen can be a nice fit long-term as a kind of a shutdown center and power play guy.
0: Uh, And so, you know, Chalowski's interesting because the last training camp that was up in Traverse City uh, and, uh, you know, the the, 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 the prospects tournament or development camp, um, uh, he... uh, uh, actually, you know, it's always in Traverse City, I, I should say. But he kind of he he kind of made the team. Uh, I'm getting that mixed up with development camp, which they now move to uh, uh, to Little Caesars Arena. Uh, but but my point being is is that Dennis was the talk of the prospects tournament and of training camp because he, he was not expected to make the Red Wings. He was kind of the odd man out. He made the team, but it's been kind of a real rocky road for for him since then.
1: Yeah, uh the last couple of seasons uh, before this year, I mean, he had good training camps and uh, showed a lot of promise, made the roster, the season opening roster both times. And kind of the same thing kind of happened is what right around November, I think you started seeing more and more defensive mistakes and lapses to the point where they just, you know, they they couldn't put him out there and they they had no choice but to uh to send him back down to Grand Rapids. Uh you know uh certainly the you know the the offensive ability the mo- the, the mobility the skating uh, is there and uh i you know every time we talk to him i think or talk to Blaschke about him it, the thing the thing that uh gets mentioned the most is got to be more assertive more assertive uh, and you know certainly a lot of that has to do maybe a little bit more play with a little bit more fire on the de- defensive end um and and you know uh, I I can't remember if I think it was last season there there was one game uh, at LCA where I, I can't remember which game it was but I thought it was kind of it it, it, it kind of spoke volumes it, somebody was in the offensive zone and just basically just knocked him over like he wasn't there right. picked up the puck and 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 scored <laughs> and it's like yeah that's the problem right there. And, I remember uh, that, that answer. That
4: was, yeah, yeah they, they were on the yeah. power play or something like that. Yeah. They, they, yeah about I right. remember that play. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And, and that 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 sums it up. It's like you can't let that happen.
4: <laughs> What's well, the latest thing now? They, 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 they're calling him that they, he needs him to be an elite power play quarterback, and it's almost like the defense, yeah, let's hope he turns into like halfway decent on defense or something.
0: Well, you know, I, I mean, that's interesting, and that was actually my next point. You know, uh, you know, elite level power play thing, and I think in a strange sense, Jeff Blashill was almost <laughs> spoiled by Tori Krug's success or something. Uh, I mean, elite level power play, and certainly Dennis has that opportunity and, and has that skill, and, and, and I do think that you 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 when you look at, at you, know, some of them have to have to come uh, sooner. Rather than later, the Red Wings need an influx, and with what is it like nine guys under contract next year or something like that? uh, There's going to be opportunity on this team. Max, I want to turn this question to you because, um, as you know, you are a a one-name celebrity in your hometown of Grand Rapids. You know, you just go and talked about the uh, what the the wet burrito and Max, and they know exactly what you're talking about. Um, But Giovanni Smith. I get more questions about Giovanni Smith, why he's not on this team, because he looks like a guy who goes to the net and provides grit. Uh, but he's only what? Giovanni's only 21 years old. Do you think that Giovanni has a shot for next year?
3: Yeah, you have to think so. I mean, they've got a ton of pending unrestricted free agents this coming off season that are going to be uh, creating some space up top. And honestly, I think Giovanni, he's he's 23, so he's a little bit older than 21. Oh, okay. But um, okay. I, you know, I think he looks like a guy who's ready to help at the NHL level now, to me. I mean, he's he's, he's got a few points in, in, what, eight games this year in the NHL, and, and also um, he, he brings that physical presence that you know you know, if you're not scoring, the Red Wings are going to want you to have to, to round out your game and, and be impactful somewhere else. Um, you know, Honestly, he's the guy of all those guys that we're talking about right now that I think would most make sense, you know, along with Svechnikov, just because you need to know what you have in him at this point in his career. Um, to be in the NHL. I, I just think you know may, maybe it's a little bit of an overlap with what someone like an Ernie gives you and and there it seems to be with some of these young guys operating in a way that if, if you're not going to have a, you know a lot of offensive touches, you might as well you know get those minutes in gr get those opportunities to have the puck a little bit more um, and, and really give yourself a chance to develop before they they throw them into the NHL. but with that said, you know Smith's one of the guys who I see as more ready like I, I don't know what what the rest of you guys think to me of all these guys we've mentioned, I think he might have the least to gain out of the AHL right now, along with Svechnikov. I think that Svechnikov's paid his dues yeah, in the AHL right yeah, now.
4: Svechnikov, do. Yeah, Svechnikov.
0: would Yeah, I'd like to see Svechnikov stick. I'd love to see Giovanni come up. Uh, you know, Rasmussen, Dennis, I mean, uh, I'd I, I like to see them get shots, and they have been given shots with that said. Uh, there's so many ways I want to go, and the one player that I'm always uh, uh, consistently asked about is as a prospect, is Mo Sider. I mean, I've even asked Steve this. What more does the kid have to prove? I mean, he's played in like virtually every continent in the world since the Red Wings drafted him, and uh, yo, he's he he. I think he's proven himself. Um, so I'm going to open it up. I'm going to begin with uh, with Helena, and then we'll and I want all, all the the uh, Ted, Max, and answer all to answer this. I would think that Sider has to be a Red Wing next year. I, I I think he he's made the team in my mind, and if he hasn't, then you know something's up. And I think that Joe Valeno – at least will be the yo-yo guy next year between Grand Rapids and in um, and, and Detroit. And that Lucas Raymond, uh, and I know I'm throwing a lot at at you right now, but we're but we are running out of time. Uh, but and that Lucas Raymond, I think would have had a shot for Detroit next year, but this elbow injury, which is going to sideline him, nothing long-term for eight weeks, might have, um, you know, been an impediment to, to him uh, doing it. Uh, Helena, I know I, I threw a lot at you, but what do you think of those three players?
2: No, I, I, I would be shocked if Moritz Seider doesn't start on the, on the wings next. I mean, he's, he's, he's played three seasons at, at the pro level now in, in men's leagues, you know, between the top league in Germany, the AHL, and now in Sweden. And he's having a, a great season in Sweden. I mean, he's, on a, he's one reason why Urgla is doing so well, and, and he has a great defense partner in gelling So I, I, I think, you know, just you add on his, his size, he's a big kid to begin with, 6'4", 200 pounds, so odd pounds, that I think he's absolutely on. Um, you know, Lucas Raymond, I mean, I, I think you, you kind of have to see where, where he's at, but they certainly seem very, very high on, on him at, at the draft, and, and you know, he, he's had a good season. And Milano, not on as good a team in, in Malmö. And I remember talking to um, Sean Harkoff about him last year, and, you know, he, he said, was Really pleased with the progress he had made uh, on the defensive side of the puck, and he's somebody you know they, they trust that the points will, will come for him, but that he really needed you know to become a better two way center in order, you know, to, and that was why he you know the focus of, of him being in the AHL last season. So, um, you know, I, I certainly think there'll be opportunity for all of them, you know, maybe they maybe if they're not here at the start of next season, uh, Valeno uh he'll be here at some point but you know the other thing is I I don't know how many young kids they want uh I don't think this has changed so much from from Holland to Eisenman that you know they're not going to play a team that's entirely 25 26 and, and under um but there's certainly some openings and I think it's been very very good uh for for a lot of those guys to have a full season in Sweden I think for guys like Sider it's been a great, great development for him that he's been able to play over there all along and, and just, um, you know, has, has had a terrific, terrific season. And I, I am so looking forward to seeing him in a Red Wings uniform. I think he'll be a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, you know, you add him to Hronick and uh, we'll see who else is on the, on the team. Um, but right there, I mean, that's, that's certainly going to upgrade their defense.
0: Well, right. You know, I, 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 Ted, I, I I think once uh, Mo gets on this team, uh, I think uh, Philip Haronic uh, is 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 a better player. I you know I, I'm such a big Mo Sider fan at this point that I think that the minutes that Heronik is playing, that Sider is going to uh, is going to begin eating up some of those. But your assessment of some of the young up and comers, Ted? Do you have a nickname for him yet, Art? Uh, Mo Sider. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> you know I I I don't. Uh, you know, but I, I, do know, um, when I interviewed him, when, 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 the Red Wings drafted him on draft night, I asked him a question about his statistics, his own individual statistics, which were good. Uh, and, uh, uh he said, I don't care about statistics. It's if you win the game or not. I'm not, I'm not, I, I do not care. So I'm thinking, What's wow. That Rocky?
4: Who's that uh, boxer in that Rocky uh, movie? Is it Drago. Drago? Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, yeah, you know, I yeah. I can only do one impression,
0: and I'm not even a fan of the Rocky movies, Ted. But when you look at these young kids, where do you think uh, uh, wait, some wait, of wait. them I are? Wait, I just at.
2: have to throw one thing in. Art, right. that wasn't the best question you asked, Moritz Seidel and Draft Night. No, no. All right. There. That was about dog sledding.
0: <laughs> right. I did ask oh, him. I yes, asked him if he yes. were a fan of dog sledding because of... He not get that. He didn't get reference Uwe Uwe wow.
2: And I, I asked Steve, <laughs> and he said, do we have to go there? Steve I knew know. what I was... Moritz didn't know what the...
0: <laughs> right, but, you know, I, I <laughs> that read that, was. that Uwe Krupp and Mo's family are friends, and I think it was Max, actually, that came up to me after I asked that question when, we, when the scrum was breaking up. I think it was you, Max. May you correct me if I'm wrong and said, I can't believe you asked him that question. Uh, It couldn't have
3: been me because I had no idea about that story. It might
0: have been me. me. Yeah, Yeah. but I would have remembered you. I think it was, uh, I... I I, uh, I was trying not to
2: laugh. I wish I had a picture of the expression of his face.
0: <laughs> yeah, he did look at me dog sledding. Is dad. that a bobsledder, I take it, or what? You know, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, Yeah, I mean, he just, you know, he did look at me like, no, I'm not a fan of dog sledding. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I have kind of a rocky relationship with Mo already. So I'm, I'm going to try to mind my P's and Q's. Uh, 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 All right, um,
4: Cider will make the roster. I mean, what's more do he ask to prove? I mean, he'll be ready. Uh, Valeno, I'll do with Helena. He'll be kind of up and down, but he's going to start the year in GR, I would think, depending, uh, when they draft Owen Power, Owen Power stays at Michigan. And then Lucas Raymond, <laughs> L- Lucas Raymond, I-, I don't know. I mean, Lucas Raymond, I I think he would need a little bit more seasoning. And yeah, he needs at more time. Point. Yeah.
0: Boy, it would be great though if he didn't, uh, you know, Max, I know that, uh, you know, in the athletic, uh, um, you know, I, I think you've written uh, a war and peace about prospects thus far, <laughs> red wing prospects, but, 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 but your assessment thus far of what you're seeing and maybe some of the guys that, uh, we could see up here pretty soon.
3: I, I mean, I think everybody's right. It's cider has nothing left to prove in the minor leagues to me. I mean, he's, he's gone over to the SHL and been, if not the best defenseman in the SHL, certainly one of them, he's, he's scoring at a rate that is, uh, with with very few peers as an under-20 defenseman in that league. And, and that's not even supposed to be the, the focal point of his game, right? It's not even supposed to be his offense, and, and he's producing like that. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I expect him to be in Detroit from from game one next year. And I, I think I also agree that Valeno, you know, I don't know that I expect him to make it out of camp, but I, I do think he, you'll see him in Detroit at some time next season, whether maybe he gets kind of the Rasmussen treatment um, like this year, I mean Rasmussen. I'm, I'm sure you guys have all seen as we're recording this. Just you know, got sent down. I, I could see valeno having a little bit of that, where he comes up for a few games when they need him, and then he's back down. But you know, I, I think they've overall liked his game over there. Um,
2: so he'll it, be demoted whenever they play in his hometown.
3: That's right. Yeah, whenever oh they play God. in Montreal, I guess it'll be because yeah. he's he's just he's right. right outside Montreal, right? Something like that.
4: We that also got sense. Saturday off, so that makes great, that's great news too.
3: I wonder how, uh, you know, Lucas Raymond's injury right now, you know, I I know it's not necessarily expected to be a a long term concern or anything, but, you know, just missing it out on these games at at this time of year, especially playoff games. Like, don't you just think that maybe slows down the timeline a little bit? Anytime as a developing player, you miss that kind of time. it, it, It doesn't help your timeline to the NHL.
0: You know, Ansar, I'm under the assumption you're probably thinking that next year is the year for Mo, and so I want to switch it up just a little bit for you, and I don't want Max, Ted, and Helena to think that I'm favoring Ansar with this, but uh, the (laughs) last couple of years, the Red Wings draft has, at least on papers, looked a little bit better. Uh, And, you know, how encouraged are you maybe by what the Red Wings have done lately in their draft?
1: Uh, Yeah, I, I mean... It's certainly, uh, you know. I, do, I guess as the old saying goes, we'll find out in a couple of years. Uh, but uh, they, they uh, before uh, uh, before these last couple of drafts. I mean, uh, it is looking very shaky. Uh, in fact, I was uh, I was just looking at that uh, uh, the other day. Um, you know. Uh, certainly a uh, cider like you said uh looked like a tremendous pick uh, i mean we won't know until obviously until he starts uh, playing in the nhl but they look like they really hit on on cider uh uh zadina you know certainly uh you know, we talked about they could have had uh uh, Hughes, uh so we will see how that plays out uh uh, but, uh, you know, you go from, from 2016 and, 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 and work your way backwards, other than Dylan Larkin, obviously, was a, was a good pick. But you've got Chalowski. You know, we don't know if he's going to eventually make it here. Svechnikov, same thing. Although I do think he, he deserves a better chance that he's gotten, and it's good that he's gotten these last four games. I think he should have gotten that opportunity sooner. Uh, I don't understand why. They, they waived him and did what they did with him without even really giving him any chance at, at the start of the season. I, I just couldn't figure that out. It made no sense to me. Uh, and, but I'm glad he's getting his opportunity now. Uh, you know, Larkin and, and Mantha too, but then, you know, you, 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 there's a whole list of I mean, Martin Furk, Yurko, Riley Shan, Landon Ferraro, Tom McCollum. You know, they had all, nowhere to go but up after that.
0: <laughs> right, right. And they, and they had so few picks at one time because they yeah. were trading away that they really had to hit on some guys. And unfortunately, they didn't hit on as many as we would have liked. Uh, 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 I have two more real quick questions and then we're going to end it, I promise. But the trade deadline is on April 12th. Uh, the uh, the Wings, I, I believe, will be in Columbus on the road or at Carolina, pardon me, uh, uh, on that day. It's one of the uh, and. Um, but I, I'm going to throw out a couple of names for trade candidates, and I want each of you to, to think what the likelihood of maybe, uh, you know, pick one, and we'll do it through process of elim- elimination. Helena, I'm going to start with you. Sam Gagne, Luke Lindenning, Bobby Ryan, um, uh, Jonathan Bernier, Mark Stahl. I mean, I, I'm looking at those as maybe likely candidates that could really help a club. Uh, uh, what do you, uh, you know, and, and look, first of all, I, let me first say this. I think Steve is probably up to trading anybody, depending on what the deal is. <laughs> I, I don't think there's that many safe guys. There are a few, and I think we know who they are. So, for for lack of time, I, I'm not going to say them. But uh, Helena, who do you think is moved at the deadline out of those players that I just said?
2: I actually will probably put Luke Lindenning in the safe category because I just I, I think his value to the team might be more than you, he That's would garner in, in a trade. In a trade, you know and i mean I, I just i just think he's too valuable i mean he he's he's having a nice year offensively this year but just i mean his, his face off his his, def, his his you know his defensive side his leadership uh to, to me he's somebody sam gagne i think could absolutely attract an offer and you know would be worth uh worth exploring definitely. i mean on a good team with you know with shoots right with his Savviness, you know, every time I look up his age, I'm surprised he's only 31. Um, I I think he's somebody who would absolutely attract uh, an offer. Um, Mark Stahl, sure, as well. Uh, The interesting one to me is, is, you know, like depending if if a contender loses a goaltender, are they willing to give Steve something for Jonathan Bernier, who I think has had not great (laughs) last night, although I'm not sure I would fault him for any of those goals. I think, you know, Bernie's had a great season. Bobby Ryan, much as it will disappoint me to lose, uh, to not be able to chat with him all season about his book club, uh, I would <laughs> wager almost certainly that he will be gone at the trade deadline. I mean, he's just now I'm certainly hopeful he comes back and, you know, we can dis- discuss, uh, you know, Ken Deed's not on that list uh, he's reading. So that tells you.
0: I, 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 Well, like I told him when he brought that list up, I mean, if some of these books, that, you know, that like War and Peace, if it's not on this list, right. it's not can't be that great a list. Well, you, uh, know yeah, what?
2: you know what? I think it's called the art of manliness. So why don't you write the manliness of art list? <laughs> oh,
0: right. <There> <laughs> okay. All right. I, I certainly will. Helena. All right, Ted, uh, who do you think's the most likely guy to be uh, gone on
4: April 12th? I tell you kind of like a justified with the Kentucky Derby, just coming from the outside. I kind of think Jonathan Bernier all of a sudden here, you got like, there's teams out there that could use a Colorado, Washington, Pittsburgh, There's like several teams that could use a little bit of an upgrade in net. And I think Jonathan Brunier could be a guy to watch here. I mean, I think he's arguably been their best player for a long time here in a way. And uh, I don't know. I'm suddenly suddenly kind of thinking Brunier might be an interesting choice here for somebody. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I thought he was virtually an untouchable. I know he's at the end of his contract, which could be appealing. Uh, But, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Bernier, uh, you know, he has been one of the better goalies since December of 2019, statistically. So, uh, and, and, you know, uh, there's there's teams that are obviously going to be going for it this year, that uh, going for it meaning the Stanley Cup. So, I like that choice. Max, how do you see it shaking out trade deadline day?
3: Yeah. You know, I think we're talking about the right names for sure. I mean, I, I think I could see a Glenn Denning trade happening. I, you know, I, I agree that he brings so much to the Red Wings, and this is not a team that can really afford to compromise its culture really too much. But I also look at Glenn Denning and say, like, you know, why, why can't you just circle back and, and sign him again in, in free agency in a few months? And um, you know it, it, it's certainly it's much easier to talk about for us right now than it always is in practice and that's something you got to be mindful of but I think I could see him moving and, and I think I could see a contender getting motivated enough to um, to make a push for him you know I, I know everyone's sick of hearing about how good his face-off percentage is but it it is one of those traits and, and those skills that becomes more important in the playoffs and and I agree about Bernier too I, I think you know it, it's a situation where it's becoming more and more of a two-goalie league and for any contender outside of maybe Tampa, that you know, if, if they lose Andre Vasilevsky, well, I, I guess wow. they they're still a good enough team. Maybe they could, maybe even they could survive that. But uh, you know, you need two goalies to succeed, and and you you want to be insulated in case of injury. So I could see a Bernier trade happening, and, and I wholeheartedly agree that there's there's got to be a market for a depth scorer who's going to fit as seamlessly. Uh, and, and and as uh, positively in, into a locker room as as Bobby Ryan will. So I think we're talking about the right names for sure. And then maybe maybe there's a surprise on one of those defensemen on an expiring deal, whether it's you know Stahl, like you said, or or even a Nemeth who can be a shutdown guy, or or a Merrill. Although I think Merrill's a guy. Maybe we should have talked about more as as uh, having a really good impact on them so far. Well, you know,
4: I think Nem- he, Nemeth I, would be a good one too. I kind of thought about Nemeth the other day. I think Nemeth could be a pretty good well, addition you know, he, for somebody. You know, John Merrill,
0: I think Steve wanted to sign him for two years. Didn't he say that he was the one that wanted the one-year deal? I mean, yeah, I think Detroit was was more than willing to sign him for two. Uh, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Maybe he thought, you know, I'm going to get a lot of ice time with this team. Uh, let's go to free agency next year. Not saying that I won't sign with Detroit again, re-sign with them, but maybe there's something, you know, I, I can be on a, a team that is a little bit closer than the Red Wings are to the Stanley Cup. Answer, um, you know, all of us have covered Steve virtually as a player except for Max, who – who was growing up eating his wet burritos and uh, uh, there uh, watching Steve as a player uh, when he was a, when he was a kid? But uh, I mean, he's not impulsive. But do you see Steve just reaching a point where he says, "Hey, anybody, make me an offer that I can't refuse," and I I'll say sayonara to anybody? Or do you think that come trade deadline day, some of the names that we're talking about are the most likely candidates to be moved?
1: Uh, yeah no uh, uh yeah he, Steve's not uh you know I, I think uh, one of the things Ken Holland was 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 faulted for uh, for many years was just being overly loyal to players uh you know he brought back a lot of the same players that left he he would they would uh, circle back to Detroit and 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 the contracts that he gave out uh, uh you know Steve's not like that he's not uh, he he I I I agree that he will trade anybody if he thinks he's getting a good deal. Uh so uh but you know as far as for this year goes, yeah, you're looking at the unrestricteds and certainly Bobby Ryan uh for all that he brings uh and also the 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 cheap contract too. I think that uh, right. you know, a million, a million. Bucks. I think there's a lot of teams uh you know with this covid and 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 losing all this revenue that are going to be hesitant to take on even you know a portion uh, of a uh, of a contract that ex- that's expiring, you know, without maybe uh, the, the the team that's trading uh, retaining salary, like for 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 Stahl, for instance, he's I think w- what is he 5.7 or something like that, or somewhere in the fives, right? Yes, and and you wonder if, if the Wings would have to uh, eat some of that to uh, uh, to move him, uh, and uh, I think so. I think finances could could, could play a role in that. And also, one, one thing I want to add about Bernier, too, is, um, you know, generally, I, I don't know how, how, much the, uh, how much of a market there is at, at the trade deadline for goalies. Uh, like you said, I, you know, team's certainly looking for depth. Uh, and if, 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 if a team has an injury, they'll be in the market for a goalie. But, but if the Wings trade him, I, I don't know if they're going to win another game. Uh, unless uh, Grice gets his act together, I mean, that
4: might not be the uh, worst thing, though. In a way, yeah. Well, no,
1: yeah. they Ted. I think they're they're pretty much secured of having one or two. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. Well, uh, it. Book it. yeah. They 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 don't want to lose every game the rest of the way. And, right, and if right. they get if they get rid of Bernier, I mean that, you know that that's a possibility. Because and yeah. and if Grice yeah. goes down, then who are you gonna? If Grice goes down, who are you gonna put in? They they would have to return. They, yeah, they'd have to they'd have to you know uh, yeah. pick up a goalie in return or something. But right. I don't know. Right. I, I, yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, it, really, you know, we 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 talked about the stability of the goaltending position. But if you trade if you trade Jonathan Bernier and if Grace can't get his act together, Lord only knows. With that said, this is the last question and. Uh, As we said last year, at this time, after 26 games, the Red Wings were 7-16-3. This year, at this time, after 26 games, they're 17-16-3. They have 17 points. There's 28 games left in this uh, shortened 56-game schedule. Now, I'm going to go ask each of you. uh, I predicted at the start of the season that it would be a successful year if the Mm -hmm. Red Wings could win more than 17 games, which is what they won last year. I'm... A little, uh, you know, I, I think I'm standing on real uh, shaky water here uh, or shaky ground at, at this point. But um, your assessment these final 26 games, uh, let's begin with you, Ted. What do you see? How do you think this is going to play out?
4: So, what's the question? Just whether they reached 17 or Se- so? Well, is I think so. like 17, the
0: 17 was my, yeah, it was kind of the over under. They got 28, but uh, for the rest of the season, what can we expect in your mind?
4: Well, the thing is, there's some really trending downward teams in this division. Nashville looks really bad. Columbus, you don't know about some of those other teams. You can, I mean, we've seen so many splits of these two-game series. I can, I could see them reach 17 or 18. I mean, if that's, I, I can see them somewhere between 17 and 19 victories. Okay, so that would mean that they could be
0: they would almost have to be in their last twenty eight games. Ah, oh, maybe it maybe it's possible. Helena, how how, how did the, what do you see happening in these next twenty eight games with the wings?
2: I think it all comes down to health. I mean if you get Dylan and Tyler back and you know, Grice, you know, figures out his game to to some extent again. Uh I I could see them maybe realistically get in around Yeah. 16, 17 games. I think that's where I, what I picked, um, at the start of the season, you know, I think realistically, I mean, nobody outside the locker room thought they were going to be a playoff team. They were probably just hoping that maybe they finish, you know, 25th or 26th instead of, you know, last. And maybe then they finally have some luck in the draft lottery instead of, you know, keep getting pushed back. But, um, you know, with, with them, I mean, they've just had such a rotten luck for 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 several seasons now with health, and if we could, you know, it would just be nice for a change to see them fully healthy and seeing, you know, I mean, they could have three lines with some potential scoring on them if that happened. So, um you know, I'll I'll take the the Pangloss attitude here and think, <laughs> you know, they're going to get to at least 17, and they're not going to be they're not going to be the worst. Maybe partly because of. You know Buffalo. I I don't even know what's going on there in Buffalo, but I don't think they'll finish in last place again. You know how how's that for a marketing slogan?
1: (laughs) Not the worst.
4: You know, another uh, team in this division that's trending downward is Dallas. Oh, my God, Dallas. Well, because they've only played three games. <laughs> right, right, I yeah. Know. I mean, by, that's by another t- <laughs> they're going to have, like, 54 games in 27 yeah. days. They're going to be gassed. I mean, so, yeah, there's some teams that the Wings should beat the second half of the season here.
0: All right, I don't know. Helena just has gone away. Maybe she reconnects or not. Uh, but, uh, uh, but but with that said, Max, what, how, how does it play out these final 28 and, uh, you know, and I will say this, Ted, by the time the reg, right, Helena's coming back, the, the next time they play Dallas four games in a row, beginning April 19th through April 24th. By that time, I think the Stars will be up and running and probably, uh, you know, doing a playoff thing. Helena, you are there, right?
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, the Stars are going to be playing double headers uh, for I the know, past, really. last three weeks of the season to so try and catch up. <laughs> they're going to have to, like, have a... You know, well expand the taxi squad or something yeah like. well if they if they, <laughs> they go, have to bring jim nill into the lineup
0: if they're playing double headers they'll have to go baseball's way which i hate those seven inning double headers but <laughs> maybe they'll have to play two periods uh uh if, if they're playing two games in a day all right max uh helena's back which is good but uh 28 games left what how does this play out for
3: the wings I think I'm going to take the under, and that's that's a big reversal for what I thought coming into the year. I think I picked them with like 40-some 40 points, 47 maybe was my prediction coming into the year. It's going to be Yeah, we had Chicago
4: high. last, remember, Max? That's right, yeah. also that. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, So I, I'm just an
3: idiot is what this is proving. But uh, no, I like I look at their schedule, Art, and I see six more games against Tampa Bay, the best team in the NHL, five more games against Carolina, probably not that far behind, you know, they've only got two more games against Florida, who's really good, but they've played them really close. Right. Two more games against Chicago. Four more games against Nashville. They'll, you know Those are winnable games. Nashville might might have a sell-off here at the deadline. And then a lot of it will come down to the, that Dallas series. If Dallas is the team that we thought they were going to be coming into the year, I don't see a way they'd get to 17 wins. But if Dallas stays what they've been, then they could do it. So I think a lot of it's going to come down to that. You know, Columbus, that's a team that, uh, you know, beat them up the other night but but they played close the first time they saw them this year so you know we'll see but right now i look at the schedule and all those games against tampa and carolina and i, I gotta take the under
0: okay answer you get the uh final word and uh, being a uh a hockey prognosticator
1: yeah no i i uh i think they'll be better uh once they get obviously uh, you know uh, larkin bertuzzi back uh if Mantha starts playing uh, up to his capabilities, if, if Grice picks it up. Obviously, a lot of players with a lot of room for improvement and, uh, on the ice and also with health. So I think there'll be a better team the second half. But like Max said, tough schedule. This is a really tough division. All those good teams, and they're all teams that, that the Wings just traditionally struggle against uh when they this realignment happened uh for just this season they should be thankful just for this season I and mean, that that did them no favors uh you know they they lost out on the opportunity to play buffalo and ottawa a lot of times right, uh,
0: right.
1: and uh so i think uh even though their record might not indicate it uh, they'll they're they're probably uh, better than 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 an ottawa or a buffalo but those teams you know are, are in a weaker division this is a very tough division that the Wings are in, and I just looking at that schedule, you just don't see a lot of a lot of wins.
2: Well, so yeah, I mean, Montreal. You're... They need a lot of Montreal yeah. on this <laughs> yeah. schedule. Yeah, for, for, for whatever, whatever reason, reasons, if
4: they trade off a lot of these veterans, this is going to be a weaker roster, though. Too that's something yep. else to consider. Good point. Right. Well,
0: if they if they do that, then they have Chicago, Dallas, four times. That Columbus, Carolina thing, Tampa Bay, and then at Columbus. That that's uh, the teams they play after the trade deadline. I mean, this six-game homestand coming up uh, right now is Tampa uh, twice, and then Carolina, and then Dallas. I mean, that 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 could be, as you said, answer just to uh, reinforce what you just said. This this schedule, especially this this uh, upcoming six-game homestand, where they're going to let in 750 fans, and they do have a couple of concession stands open. Uh, that. Uh, you know, you're going to see some good hockey teams, and hopefully hopefully, the Red Wings will be among them. Uh, I thought you but, were going to
3: say they're going to let in 750 goals. Yeah, well. I <laughs> you
0: know, too. You. You, know, you, know, you, you, know, you know, you may not be that far off there, Max, but uh, with that said— um, I, I really want to thank uh, each and every one of you for doing this. I know I kept you longer than, uh, than the original hour, but uh, there was a lot to cover, and I thought we did a pretty good job. Certainly there's some questions left unanswered, so we'll have to do this again. Maybe once the season's over, um, we'll have another uh, wrap-up-the-season roundtable. But Ansar Khan from Live, Max Boltman from The Athletic, Ted Colfin from the Detroit News, and Helena St. James from the Detroit Free Press Um, I I, I enjoy your work as always. I value our friendships. And uh, thank you for being on the Red and White Authority. I very, very much appreciate it. Thanks for having us, Art.
1: Thanks, Art. Good job.
0: Uh, Thank you. It wasn't as bad as I thought, but uh, thanks, everyone. We'll (laughs) talk to you very, very
4: soon.